have a Bible with you, let's go to the famous 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. after I get all my notes and everything pinned back together. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We've been talking about um, who you are. My son-in-law asked me last night, what are you preaching on in the morning? I said, I'm going to be teaching on who you are as a believer and why that matters. And uh, last week we were sharing with you how this pastor from Oak Park, New York, Johnny Ovo, was talking about how in the church today we need a revolution of love. We need a revolution of the power of God, and we need a revolution of freedom. And I um, want to launch off out of all of that. And uh, isn't it great to know that you are no longer a slave, but that you are now a son of the living God or a daughter of the living God. You've been given a new title. Matter of fact, you have the privilege right now today as a believer in Yeshua, you have the, you have the opportunity and the privilege to actually call God Father. And we talked about all that last week and how in most of the days of old, they did not call God. They did not have that type of close personal uh, uh, with God. They had reverence for God for sure. But uh, to be able, what we take for granted to call God Father, when the Lord said, you know, how should we pray? Our Father who is art in heaven. We take that so for granted. But let me tell you, you have the privilege to call God Father. Think about that. And you bear the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We we can ask, we can go to the Father, to the very throne and have access to him and, and, and ask him for things in the name of Jesus. Come on. And, uh, and how, how thrilling and awful and uh, wonderful that that, that that really is. It was funny, I was reading something through the King James Version yesterday and it was talking about how God was terrible. And I'm going, wait, what? And I realized, well, terrible in King James meant awesome. <laughs> it had been a while since I'd read in the King James. But, uh, and not only are you then a son or a daughter of the living God, Okay, with all of these uh, wonderful birthrights and privileges, but you now, you are also an heir, an heir. Think about this, of all these wonderful things that we were able to communicate last week. And then, so today, I'm going to read the passage, we'll talk about some things, and, uh, you know, I usually teach 40 or 45 minutes, so it'll be a miracle if we get done before 12. But uh, we still believe in miracles, right? (laughs) Oh, wow, that was strong. Amen. Amen. But uh, since the message has already been preached, this will be cream on the top, okay? And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and uh, I'm not going to really preach on the context of this commendation idea, but let's read it anyway. It says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, Paul and Timothy writing here, or do we need as some letters of commendation to you or from you? You are our letter written in our hearts. You are known and read by all men. 
So you are, in other words, if I was ever leave here and God led me somewhere else to do something and they wanted, they wanted recommendations, I could say, well, just, just go and talk to the folks at Cornerstone. They can tell you. And that's what he's saying here. And he said, so you are, you are our letter written in our hearts. You are known and read by, by all men. Being manifested that you are a letter of Christ cared for by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Now, I was going to read the whole passage and come back, but we'll just talk about it right now. Let me announce to you today that you are a letter. Say that to Wayne. Let him know that. Will you, will you say that to your neighbor? Let him know. You, <laughs> you are a letter of Christ. And Christ, God, the Lord, sending out letters to people all, all over the world, and you're it. And notice this phrase, it says, cared for, cared for by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. So he's been writing, matter of fact, so anybody here a believer and you're excited about that? I love it. <laughs> yes. And so God, let, let me tell you something. Here's, and this is kind of something David Wilkerson said years ago because he said he didn't believe in follow-up a whole lot. And I believe in follow-up and following up with believers or young believers or people that need But he said, you know what? If somebody's truly, really been born from above, you don't need to track them down. They'll want to be with God's people. They'll want to come. They'll want to engage. And I know they've got new habits and things to establish, but you won't have to pursue them and pursue them and pursue them and pursue them. If they truly have been born from above. You follow me? Because God himself, God himself is writing through the Holy Spirit. He's writing things on your heart. Oh, that is thrilling. He's writing things like, if you went to Isaiah 11, he's writing things like, uh, he's writing the fear of the Lord on your heart. Amen? He's writing the thinking of God on your heart. Is he not? The Bible says he calls it knowledge because he's the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of uh, the fear of the Lord. He's writing the fear of the Lord on their hearts. He's writing, he's writing knowledge and the thinking of God on your hearts because the spirit of life has not just come, the spirit of truth has come. Oh, this is exciting. And he will lead you into all truth and he'll begin to impress some things on your life, some pressing things on your mind. You know, the, what, like what, Tim? The thinking of God. But God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways higher than our ways. Yes, and he wants you to get them. <laughs> Tell your neighbor that. He wants you to get them. Yeah, <laughs> okay. He doesn't want you to be in the blind or dark about it. Okay. So the spirit of the Lord is writing things upon your heart. Um, you are a letter of Christ. Don't ever forget that. And there are men reading your life, women that are reading your life and your testimony where you're out gallivanting around doing your work and going from city to city, place to place. And I'm just picking on them, but let me pick on you folks over here. Or at the university or wherever you're at or the music you're playing or whatever you're doing, you are being read by all men. I'm a letter of Christ and Christ is writing things on my life by his Holy Spirit. And you actually want to be here. 
or at least be in a place where there's life, where the presence of God is, and where you're going to get fed something. Okay. So you are a letter of Christ. You're a son of the living God. You're an heir of all things, and you are a letter of Christ written on not with ink, but with the Holy Spirit of God. And notice this phrase, cared for by us. Okay. Now that's important. So Paul and Timothy, here they are. They were caring for the believers there. And uh, even as Paul writes to the Philippians, there was no one that would really care for you more than me or even I'm going to send Timothy to you because he really has the Lord's interest at heart in looking after you. I love that. Okay. So when you get to disciple people, and by the way, let me repeat it. Did God call us to make disciples? Yes, he called us to make disciples. And let me say it again. Discipleship is not... uh, and I thought it was for years. It's not a program. And discipleship is not even a process. You know what discipleship is? It's getting, getting with the person you're, you're, you're wanting to disciple or train or whatever and just letting them live, just letting them spend some time with you and catching your thoughts, catching your heart, catching your heartbeat, catching your lifestyle, catching and just let them catch it. Again, repeat from last week because more is caught than taught. But that's it. And let me tell you, you'll be successful at disciple making. You really will. And so cared for by us. All right. So there it is. There's point number three. You are, well, point number four. You're no longer a slave. You're now a son. You're an heir as well. And now you are a letter of Christ written. God's writing things on your heart. He's been writing things on your heart even this week. And it's what I love. Like Emily and all of you standing. Now, Emily does good preaching here about every Sunday. It's just great. You know, because she's just, all she's doing is coming and sharing what the, what the Lord through the Spirit has been writing on her heart. That's it. That's why we're open church. That's why we let you have this time. That's why we let you share. Because the body of Christ needs the body. This is why believers are so weak and stumbling. And they come and hear three songs, maybe a choir sing. They hear a, some kind of a sermon and they go out the door and, and they're not getting what they need. The body needs to minister to the body. That's why you come because maybe God's got a word for you to share with somebody out in the foyer before you leave this door today. I'm wondering, I haven't seen Dina in years. So glad Dina's here today. I go, man, maybe God sent her in here to give us a word from the Lord. Of course, we'll get to judge that word, whatever it is, but it's like, and I'm just delighted that you're here, Dean. It's good to see you again. I, I, you follow me. Uh, say this, I am a letter of Christ. I'm being written on. <laughs> and I'm being read by other people. And I'm being cared for by this church. But I'm going to go care for somebody else. That's it. And then, as we continue to read, this is one of my favorite passages. And then he says, in verse 4, such confidence we have through Christ toward God. Oh, I'm confident of that, of all this. Now, verse 5. Not that we are adequate in ourselves. King James uses the word sufficient. Not that we are sufficient or adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves. Mark that down, underline it, that's just huge, okay? Paul writes in uh, another place to the Corinthians, it says, there's nothing I have that I haven't received. I mean, I, 
I mean, uh, my, my own body was given to me. My education was given to me. I, I, I read other people's works. I, I, I seek the Lord. You know, there's nothing I have to give you that I haven't received already. Okay? And he says here, I hope this brings you hope, not that we are adequate or sufficient in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our sufficiency, our adequacy, our competency, our fitness, our ability is from God. Come on. Oh, this excites me. This gives me hope because I found out there's all kind of people around that I, that uh, are even here that know a lot more than I know. I mean, they're, they're knowledgeable about so many other things and wonderful things, and they can teach me some things, and they are still teaching me. And uh, it's wonderful, because, see, I get to learn from you, too. I, just being frank. And, and, and I, I get to come up here. See, I've come a long way since the first time in Dad's church when he let me, I answered the call to preach. And he said, great, you're preaching this Sunday. And I was 14 years old. And uh, next Sunday night, oh, great, Dad. You all remember me telling you the story. And I wrote it out seven pages worth. I wrote it out and got up and read it word for word. <laughs> and I didn't have enough sense back in that day to sit down and ask God. And maybe I did or I've forgotten it. You know, really, what you want me to preach? Or, you know, because I, I used to come up, I used to come in here and figure, I used to be up till three or four o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning trying to figure out what to preach here. And I was miserable. And so were they, so were you. And finally I learned after my encounters with the Holy Spirit or him with me, and I just, well, I get to ask God what he wants me to say. And not only that, then he'll give me stuff to say even while I'm saying it because it's not coming from me. It's coming from him. Hopefully. And there's times you know when it ain't. Okay? I'll just be honest. Well, I'm out. Anyway. We're, so our adequacy is from God, our competency, our fitness, our ability, who also makes us, who also made us adequate, fit, competent as what? Servants of a new covenant i love this not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter kills but the spirit gives life now you know my you know my attitude about the law of god and we don't denigrate it at all we honor it it's holy it's spiritual it's it's uh, right and let me tell you it's good and god has a purpose for it and there's a place in evangelism for it there's a place to draw men to Christ through it and to see men and women come under conviction and it's got to work it's got a certain work to do so we never lay aside the law of God but but we have moved on and married to the Holy Spirit now you know what I'm not a I'm not a servant of that I am a servant of the Spirit of God okay I did not know you let me repeat it again we say this often enough hopefully you're getting it I was sitting there, Lord, am I supposed to preach or teach? Is this what you want me to preach today? And nearly every song the team sang, I'm going, oh, my soul, Heavenly Father, thank you. That fits that. Oh, that fits that. They sang that. Oh, that's, oh, wow. And the testimonies, and then when Dad got up and said what he did, that he wants us to be more like Christ, well, wait till we get down to verse 18. I'm just telling you, you know, I, shout to the Lord. <clears throat> and I love how God confirms all those kind of things. So, 
will you be bold enough to say it? I am a servant of the Spirit. New covenant in spirit, that's what they are, okay? I am a servant of a new covenant, not of the letter. I am a servant of the Spirit, of the Spirit. So when you're discipling, when you're doing your ministry, when you're doing women of worth, when you're considering what to say to women who have just been widowed or who have been widowed in five different ways and some tragic ways and desperate ways, what do you do? What do you do? You say, you're going to call out to God for your ministry. And you're going to say, God, give me what to say. God, help me to know to minister to them individually, yet alone together, because there's going to be a bunch of women coming on the 13th. I'm declaring that right now. And she needs help. We got to set up tables. We got to put up decorations. We got to do this. And it's being catered in. And uh, God is not raising up this ministry for nothing. There's going to be many lives that are going to be impacted by women of worth. Y'all say amen right there. Shout to the Lord. But you can't do this on your own. You're not qualified enough. Now, you're smart, you're intelligent, you've run a business before, but you're not adequate enough in yourself. But I can tell you somebody who is. Or same thing with Trinity Christian Sports. Same thing with Aaron's staff. Same thing with Giving Hands Ministry. Same thing. And these ministries that God has raised up within our congregation and your ministries. You already know all this stuff. So that's why you go sick them, shout them, get them preacher. And that's why there's going to be more young people impacted by Trinity Christian Sports. More men are going to be called and led into service for God through Trinity Christian Sports. That's a good place to say amen right there. Yeah, because they're not going into that alone. You know what? I prayed Kathy Owens into this church. Now I didn't know it was Kathy. We needed somebody to decorate this place and make it look look like something. And God sent Kathy in. Guess what she loves to do? Decorate. And she's kind of almost done downstairs. And we're fixing to start up here. All this is going to be gone next week. And I don't know what all is going to be replaced eventually over the springtime. But let me tell you. But she, she even can have a ministry and make it a place look great for God. And say, God, what do you want in this house? What do you want upon these walls? Come on, shout to the Lord. And let me repeat it, the more money we give away, the more money God sends through this church. I'm just telling you, wait till you hear the reports. When Daniel gets up and shares on the 21st of January, we'll have to take about five or ten minutes in the morning service to share what God has done in this year right here. And it'll knock your socks off. Where'd that phrase come from? I don't know. All right. 16 minutes. Here we go. He made us adequate. He made us adequate as servants of a new covenant competent fit able we're qualified not in ourselves but because of him it's not of the letter it's of the spirit of the spirit the spirit gives life you need to tell your neighbor that again remind it remind your husband <laughs> so that's why I grieve over churches over synagogues that I know of that are going through difficult, horrible divisions and troubles and trials. If life isn't been giving, then something seriously wrong needs, needs to be corrected. 
by the way, I know there are some people that's come through here and didn't like me raising my voice or shouting, but it's just who I am, and I'm sorry. My dad and Lynn need to hear. <laughs> no, I'm only picking on them because they can't hear. <laughs> I love them both. Thank God for these men. Let's, let's read, but if the, if the minute, we're going through chapter 4, verse 1, so you, at least you know we're going there, and we'll tag on two more, but 16, 15 minutes. But if the, if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stones came with glory, so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face, fading it was, how will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory. For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory. Now, let me give you a, a quick synopsis of all that real quick. It's just rich for you to go back and look at this later on, if you will. But I love these phrases. You look at what verse 8, even more. How about that phrase in verse 9, much more? Or the phrase in the, in the following, uh, where it says abound, much more, or abound, or verse 11, much more, like what, Tim? Back up in verse 8, where it says, that what we have by as servants of, a, of the Holy Spirit, that we even more, it's, it's going to even more with glory. You have a glorious ministry. Even more with glory. Man, the glory of God was, when they were up there singing and playing, the glory of God was here. He touched me. He touched me. And it is well with my soul. And the glory of God was manifest through their ministry today even more and then it says and the next one it says in verse verse 9 much more does this ministry of righteousness thus much more abound in glory much more abound and then verse 11 for for if that which fades away was with glory much more what remains is in glory and i tell you the spirit of the lord is never going to fade away <laughs> unless you send him away or toss him away or shoo him out of here may that never be God forbid God forbid and then he says so a couple of more points I want to make quickly here it is uh, do you, it, does anybody here know who you are well who are you no you're a son I really don't want you to use the word child anymore. I know it does occasionally in other places, but you are a, you're no longer a child, you are a what? Son. Yes. Who else are you? And who else are you? A letter of Christ. And who else are you? One more. I know you want me to do all the thinking, but you are a, one more. Oh, yes. Oh, a servant of the Spirit of God. 
Say it out loud. I am a servant. I am. Please emphasize that again. Ready? I am a what? A servant. Of who? The Spirit of God. Which means we ought to be paying a whole lot more attention to the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't have time to get into this a whole lot, but I would just say this, that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you've got to listen to Him objectively, and you've got to listen to Him subjectively. Well, what do you mean, Tim? When it comes to objective things, it means there are things the Spirit of God's going to drive into your heart, and He's going to teach you that are just, they're right in the Scriptures. They're, they're on these pages right here. And this instruction, and He is going, that when, when you follow the instruction, that Paul gives you or Peter gives you or James gives you or whoever else gives you reading right when he gives you that instruction that's objectively following the Holy Spirit thank you I got one yes objectively but then there's a the subjective too and that's where you get to learn to discern the confirmations of the Lord the, the voice of the Lord the leadings of the Lord as he as and through through various ways and means that he will do it that's another another whole teaching uh, it's not all feeling. Sometimes it is. It's more sensitivity. Yes. And sometimes it's just, it's just right here. It's written out for you. And, you know, Paul put this in your life. And that's, that is walking by the Spirit. Now that's another message. So here it is. Verse 12. Therefore, I love this. Therefore what? <laughs> we what? We use great boldness in our speech. Now you know why Danny got up. And now you know why he said, I'm not, I'm not going to be a coward, so I'm going to get up and share this. And was it a blessing? Yeah. I'm just telling you. Um, that, again, I've told this story, but I'm thinking of, of Tracy's sister, Dana, and she was sitting here about 20 years ago, and she was sitting back there where kind of Lynn and, and Scott are sitting back in there. And all of a sudden, she came up to the front all the way up here. Her heart was beating out of her chest. And she said, this is how I know God's wanting me to tell this to the whole congregation because my heart is beating out of my chest and I got to come up here and tell it. And when she told it, the whole church was lit up. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So when you have such kind of hope, the hope of what? That you have the help of God by the Holy Spirit and your ministry is of the Holy Spirit, you got hope. And you get up and you, and you tell what you got to tell with great boldness. And there are times words are given in this church and we, we, get, we, get, we get the prophets get to evaluate what prophets share. And we don't do it with meanness or out of, you know, hatred or we want to do it with love. Okay? Confirming what the Lord is saying to us. And so, therefore, having such a hope, we have great boldness in our speech in eight minutes here we go therefore having such a hope we use great boldness in our speech and are not like Moses thank God for Moses but who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away but their minds their minds were hardened you know what I have met I got to say this I have met people in churches whose minds are hardened. 
You know, there came a day when I had to take all the doctrines my dad taught me or I learned in, in Bible college and everything else. You know what I did to those teachings? Not the main ones about Jesus Christ. Not the ones that are the concrete, the, the, uh, the unnegotiable, un, um, non-negotiable. But I took all the rest of them. You know what I did? I set them aside. And I said, now, Lord, you teach me. That's why my views about end times are different than some other folks. That's how I came to know that, to be open to all the gifts and operations of the work of the Holy Spirit and other things. I took all of these things and I laid them aside. I said, God, you teach me. I do not want my mind hardened. And I know some brethren that, praise God, I believe what I believed 45 years ago and I had moved one inch. Yeah, and your, your church is dead as ever. But their minds were hardened. For until this very day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it, the Old Covenant, is removed in Christ. And the veil is removed. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, by the way, let me say this, you will never know right and wrong unless you read the Torah. I'm a pastor who tells you, you need to learn the first five books of the Bible. Get some discernment, which is wisdom. And get some discretion, which is understanding. You got to know it. Uh, back, running out of time. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Shout to the Lord. I like that. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. You say, from what? We are no longer slaves. We're no longer captives to fear. And I've had plenty of that in my life. But you know, we don't have to fear death anymore. Life has come within. We don't have to fear the judgment. We don't have to fear, we don't have to fear lack of adequacy. We don't have to fear trying to change myself. We don't have to fear trying me trying to change myself by myself. It don't work. <laughs> anyway, so where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's, but there is freedom, there is liberty. But we all, y'all say that. But y'all, but we all. I know she's from Holland. I. <laughs> but we all with unveiled face by the way we're not hiding anything not covered up not hidden not shameful not whatever but we all with unveiled face now this phrase here beholding as in a mirror well when you go to a mirror what are you looking at yeah a say it a reflection and that's the point they're trying to drove here, which the NIV brings in more clearly. So when you go, guess what? So here's something else you can actually say. I'm not just a letter of Christ being written on. I am not just a servant of the new covenant or of the Holy Spirit. I am a, I'm a reflector. 
I know that really buzzed you up right there. You got excited about that. You're going to give me to 12.05, right? <laughs> going to my daughter's house who's moved, and she lives over in Chelsea, and I cannot find her driveway, except uh, they have put three and four, five reflectors out there. And when I see, when I see those reflectors, the light reflecting, I have found her driveway, and I can get my way back under their eight acres of property. Okay. I got to have, thank God for reflectors. And I'm glad for the reflectors who shine the light to me. Just say it now. I'm a reflector. <laughs> Beholding as in, a, as in a mirror, as in a mirror. The what? The glory of the Lord. The glory that's ever abounding. The glory that's always remaining. The glory that's greater <laughs> than anything. And you got it. And here it is. And you're going to get more. As in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we are being changed. We are being transformed into the same image of the Lord from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, who? The Spirit. And y'all ripping the place apart. You're splitting your britches. You're running all over the place. You just, it's so exciting. I got a vision of it. One of these days it's going to be happening here. Verse 1, chapter 4. Y'all, what's that? Since we have this ministry, the ministry, what ministry? The ministry of the Spirit. Since as we have received mercy, what? Say it. I'm telling you. How can, how can Kobe and Shani and their family carry on in what's going on in Israel? How can other believers of ministries that are chosen people ministries and other groups that are over there ministering and serving over there, how can they do it? Because the Spirit of the Lord is with them, directing them, leading them, in, in, enabling them, providing for them, and strengthening them for the journey. And I'm just telling you, there are some frightful things coming to the U.S. But we don't have to fear. And there are times, there are times I have wanted to lay down the fight but let me tell you these passages right here this passage which gives me hope which gives me strength which it helps me it helps me you know what do not faint why you got the spirit of the living God with you and if the Lord tarries and I get to be if I get to be 87 years old and be like Dorothy and dad I, I still want him using me and I don't want to be thrown in a towel even at his age come on There are times we're going to be afflicted in every way, but not crushed. There are times we're going to be perplexed, but not despairing. And there are times we're going to be persecuted, but we will never be forsaken. And there's times we may be struck down, but we're not going to be destroyed. Why? Because the spirit of the living God. You know, some believers are never going to get this. I hope you will. I hope you know who you are. You need to know why you are who you are. And when the rough days come, and the times come that you want to throw in the towel, oh, Lord, <laughs> lead me through. 
Lord, refresh my spirit. Lord, give me your instruction. Lord, what's the next move? Lord may just say, well, just cease striving and know that I am God. <laughs> That's it. I want you to know who you are. And if the Lord keeps leading me in this direction for what's to preach in the next few Sundays, we may carry this on. Uh, anyway, we love you. God bless you. And um, miracles still are working, but it is 12.02 almost. Let's stand. Let's stand to our feet.